The congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is the gospel lesson, uh, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, and the two parables of three that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the scribes because they were grumbling about Jesus welcoming sinners, and more than that, eating with them and having fellowship with them. So he answered them with a parable. It's the enemy of utility. The thing that, te- that Jesus teaches here. It is the absolute enemy of utility. You know what utility is. We talked about it uh, maybe last week or a couple weeks ago. The greatest good principle. Have you ever heard such a thing? The idea that, that ethics and morality should be based on the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Uh, it was really proposed and, and formalized by uh, John Stuart Mill in the um, early 1800s. His father, John, John, um, Stuart, John Mill, was very good friends with Jeremy Betham, and these three really developed this very liberal philosophy called utilitarianism, which spoke, and, and what they desired to do was to, to, to really lift up pleasure and eliminate pain. So this is the motivation, to increase pleasure and to push away pain. And they developed then this philosophy, this this ethic, this morality, that what society or anybody in society should do would be to increase pleasure, and by doing this, we would create the greatest good for the greatest number. Now, the philosophy realizes that there are going to be those who are going to be left out. There are those who are not going to fit within the confines of this moral and this ethic. But as long as it reaches the greatest number, then we're just fine. Sound like a world you know? Yeah, you're living in it. You're living in it. Utilitarianism and utility is actually the base principle now for moral and ethics within um, every area of of society. Politics? Yep. Law? Yes. Um, All the decisions that we see made, I don't care what side you're on of the aisle, so to speak, you're going to function from utility. And what Jesus teaches here is in exact opposition to the greatest good for the greatest number. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, and he talks about a shepherd. A shepherd who abandons 99 to go after the one straying and erring sheep. That's not the greatest number. That's not even the greatest good. Because it's not good to abandon those who are doing absolutely right and proper and abandon them so you can go after the one who actually probably, at the end of the day, deserves to be separated. They, this sheep, 
has separated themselves. Guess what this one sheep deserves? It deserves to get eaten by wolves or whatever else would, would prey upon it. But that's what makes this moral and this ethic different. This isn't even a moral or an ethic. It is the very heart of God. And that's what we see in it. We see the very nature of God. To abandon everything for one. You know, Pontius, uh, not Pontius Pilate, it was, um, it was Caiaphas, the high priest. He, 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 he delves into a bit of utility. He doesn't know it because it hasn't even been developed in, yet for, for thousands of years. But when he says, it is better for one man to perish than the whole nation to fall. He's operating from utility. From utility. From, from the greatest good for the greatest number. It's, it's okay for one to perish so that the, the entire nation could be kept whole. Now, his was an opposite view of what God was doing through Jesus Christ. He was worried that this, this new religion or this new idea would permeate through Judaism. So it was proper then to, to kill Jesus. God, in the same exact situation and in the same circumstances, instead takes this and, 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 and has this as his, his, his means and his mode to bring about the redemption of the world. What human beings would have as moral and ethic, God then creates this new godly justice, which is not justice from a human standpoint at all that the righteous one would suffer and die to take away the sins of all. That the one would suffer and die for the 99, for the rest. That Jesus Christ would, would give His innocent blood shed for the remission of your sins and my sins. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That he would do it all for me. The kids just came to that realization, for me. Can you say that? For me. Jesus, God, did all of this. He has, he, has, he has worked throughout the centuries and He has worked through every evil exposition that man could ever have. And instead what God does is He brings out the good. The sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of my sins. There's a response to that. And it leads us to the book that we're studying, Joining Jesus on His Mission. In response to, to what God has done, really at the end of the day becomes uh, a faith in action. Now faith is, is God creating this, 
this belief and this, this acceptance and this, this, this adhering and holding on to this reality that we just talked about, this gospel of Jesus Christ. But if all we do is hold on to it, then it means really nothing at the end of the day. As we hold on to it and as we believe and as we are now sanctified and saved through God's word and his sacraments, now we move. And that's what I appreciate from Greg Finke is, is him challenging all of us to, to move, to go, to do, to think, to, to, to watch and to see um, how does my neighbor need me today? How, the only way I can know that, according to Greg Pinky, is to have a relationship with that neighbor. And that's what he says, is have a relationship with this neighbor so that you can be there when this neighbor needs you. And how, how is every one of our neighbor going to need us? They need this reality from God that Jesus, my neighbor, he is seeking after you with all of his strength, with all of his power, with all of his might, with all of his mind. Above anything else in the whole world, Jesus wants you. And I'm here, neighbor, to tell you that, that God has done everything. And everything that you're seeing in your life is God working to bring you, to redeem you, to save you. Neighbor, let me share with you God's word. Let's study it together. And brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know what happens when, when we start sharing God's word in this way? The very same thing that happened to you when the word was shared with you. Redemption and faith and belief and a life lived in the midst of God's word and sacraments. The very place where God meets us here on earth through word and through sacraments. The very, the very nature of who God is, that, that He would abandon everything for one. And then, let me ask you this, and we'll finish up with this. What would happen if I, today, right now, were to say, okay, I don't know how many are here, but I think we're right around 99. I'm going to abandon all of you. I'm going to walk out that door because there's one person out there that needs Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go seek them. I'll see you later. I have a sneaking suspicion what would happen if I did that every Sunday. You might go find another pastor. But this is the very heart and nature of Jesus. And if Jesus is willing to abandon the 99 to go to find the one, then what, should, what, what, then what do we do then? We would do whatever it takes to go find the one. And that is the, the heart of the gospel of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. We have a mission. We are missionaries and we have a mission. And let's go out into this world and just one, just one person that you establish a relationship with for the purpose of not for, for your benefit at work or not for um, you know, adding, adding to your, um, 
you know, your, your, your portfolio, not for that, but one person that you are going to go and talk about Jesus and bring them the gospel message. I don't think it's that difficult. I think God's already working in this world and in our lives to make this happen. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, it transcends our ability to understand. Guard your hearts and minds, always never focused on your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.